gift to those who have the talent to play an instrument. Um, I invite you to turn your Bibles tonight to the 23rd Psalm. Very well-known Psalm, the 23rd Psalm and the 4th verse. I'll give you a title as you turn there. Death's Defeat. Don't you love it when children are asked these very mature questions just to get their insight from their point of view? Seven to ten-year-old children were asked what they thought of death. And here's what a few of them said. Alan, age seven, says, Well, God doesn't tell you when you're going to die because he wants it to be a big surprise. Aaron, age eight, says the hospital is the place where people go on their way to heaven. Raymond, age 10, says a good doctor can help you so you won't die. A bad doctor sends you to heaven. <laughs> One point of view. Stephanie, age nine, says doctors help you so you won't die until you pay all their bills. Marcia, age nine, says, when you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher is there also. <laughs> they may not have it all right, but there's a lightheartedness and a difference that Christians can have about death than those who are unsaved. And we're going to talk about that very subject tonight. I've never heard a sermon completely devoted to the subject of our death, our physical death. But, but that's what we're going to share tonight. And, and as I thought about this message and thought about the things that we're going to share, it's, there's no intent here for you and I to change the, try to change the impact or our initial reaction to death. Uh, I'll never forget spending the last several days with my dad and, and of all things I sat and I held his hand and, and I sang hymns to him and for the first time ever I was asked to keep on singing and anyway it was a special time we had and and I spent a couple of days there then I went home and I showered and I changed and and I went back and when I walked in the door I could tell by the look on my mom and my one of my brother's faces that uh that dad had passed and and I started bawling like a baby worse than my mom and my brother and and my brother said hey if anybody understands all of this it's you and, and so you know we don't sorrow as those that have no hope but but we sorrow and, and so in this message there's no intent to to try to change our reaction I mean even Jesus wept at the grave of Lazarus and Paul, if his good friend Epaphroditus would have died, he would have had sorrow upon sorrow, he says. But there is an encouragement and a strength for you and I to have. And we're going to see it tonight with what David says in the fourth verse only. Psalms 23, 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley... Of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Jesus says in John 5, 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And what David says here in this psalm is perfectly fitting for the Christian and the attitude that we can have about death. This is the most central verse in this psalm. And David goes from talking about his shepherd to talking to the shepherd. And he's stating the worst possible case that he could be in, but he's doing so with the greatest faith he possibly could. And so I'd like us to notice the steady pace that we first see here on this subject in verse 4. David says, Yea, though I walk, there are devastating circumstances ahead for David, yet he is walking. He is on the same path and at the same pace in life he had been in. He was walking. He wasn't shaken. He wasn't lost. He wasn't sidetracked. He wasn't in a tailspin and he wasn't in a flurry. David's not missing a beat in life as he faces death, as it were. There is steady advancement that is going on in living, and it's taking place in David, though he's approaching death. We see a steady pace here in the child of God, though something like this is ahead. But we not only see a steady pace, we see a small porch. David says, yea, though I walk through the valley. David is not going to death. David is going through death. We'll liken this to a small porch. I mean, who, who dwells or plans to stop and hang out at the porch? All my life, I, I recollected every house I've ever lived in, and I couldn't even fit a chair on my porch. All my porches have been very small. Two steps I'm in and I'm in the door. You blink and you miss the porch and you're inside. A porch is not a stopping place. It's not where we dwell. I mean, who hangs out in the threshold? You know, it's just a passageway as we we think about that. It's an opening for you and I. Death is into the light of God, into continuing the eternal life that Christ gives. He gives eternal life here on this earth. And it is just continued as we go into death. It's an opening into the delight of the fullness of the presence of the Lord. Death is not a goal. For the children of God. Death is not even a chapter. There's not a pause when it comes to death. It's a passage. Death is a doorway. Yea, though I walk through the valley, we're not going to death, 
we're going through death. As we consider the valley, you might consider a shepherd with his sheep. And a valley was not a negative thing in one sense. The valley is where nourishment could be, could be gathered. Thirst could be quenched. The appetite could be satisfied in the valley. It was very nourishing. Though at the same time, when you think about the valley, you might have the enemy that has uh, an elevated position against you. And there was, there was danger also in the valley. But as the shepherd would take the sheep just through a portion of their journey and they would go through the valley, whether they just got nourishment there or whether they were taken by the enemy, they were not going in the valley. They were going through the valley. Danger and darkness are ways that people picture death. It's the means, though, by which we enter far better life. Paul says, to die is gain. And I know we've gone over Philippians 1.21 so many times, but just think about that for a second. Paul says, for to me, to die is gain. Death is not a big problem for the Christian. It's a small porch. We're, we're, not, we're not creating an anxiousness to get there. I know it's kind of like the little boy in Sunday school and the teacher said, everybody raise your hand who wants to go to heaven. And Billy didn't raise his hand. The teacher came after class and said, Billy, I'm concerned about you. You're the only one who didn't raise your hand. You don't want to go to heaven? He said, yeah, but I just I thought you were getting a load together right now to go. And... And so we're here in this life of faith and, and, and we want to be here for a while. But, but there is an encouragement and a strength for you and I concerning death. It's a small porch. But for the bodily death of the Christian, there's a sacrificial provision. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley, not of death. He says, through the valley of the shadow of death. Could we consider just for a minute that David is calling death a shadow? A man was sharing with some young kids one day and the subject of conversation was death. And he said, kids, what do y'all think about death? Oh man, that's awful. That's just the end. That, that's the most horrible thing you could think of. That's the scariest thing on earth to think of death. And so looking for a visual aid, as we sometimes do with children, a man saw a truck in the distance. And he said, kids, do you see that truck right there? And yeah, yeah, I see that truck. Well, tell me something. Would you rather be hit by the truck or would you rather be hit by a shadow? And the kid said, oh, that's easy. I'd much rather be hit by the shadow. To be hit by the truck would hurt, but to be hit by the shadow would be no problem at all. That wouldn't hurt us whatsoever in any way. I'll take the shadow. And then the man responded, let me tell you this way then, kids. Jesus was hit by the truck so that we would only be hit by the shadow. 
David calls death a shadow. The last enemy, when seen in truth, death has been conquered and it has been destroyed. Jesus removed the evil from death when he took our sins on the cross at Calvary. When the child of God dies, the sky doesn't turn dark and the rocks rent. But it did when Jesus died and he suffered and he bled a a cruel death on that cross for you and I. He took the evil from death when he took our sins upon himself, paying our penalty and suffering in agony on the cross. Paul speaks to death, if you will, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was hit by the truck for us. And then he arose. He defeated death for us. He not only died for our sins, but he was raised from the dead. The Father giving approval of and satisfaction of what Jesus Christ suffered for us in death in our place. And the sting is gone. I met somebody who has a honey-making factory, if you will, and I learned more than I cared to about bees. But I, heard, I, I learned they only lived about six weeks. Uh, I heard there's greater, uh, greater production of honey if you, if you take these bees here and you send them up north. And, and uh, I have to apologize for not listening to every little detail Uh, But this man knew bees, and there was something about a bee, not a wasp, but a bee can sting once, and then that bee can never sting again. The sting of death came upon our Lord Jesus Christ, and the sting has been taken. It has been gone. Now for those who believe in Jesus, death can never sting again. It, Jesus took it upon himself. The substance of death has been removed and only the shadow remains for the child of God. The shadow of death can never harm the child of God whatsoever. Death is no death at all. For the believer, as a matter of fact, we might more rightly call it deliverance. We have been delivered when death comes our way. It's just a shadow. And Jesus takes you and I through the shadow. And just as there must be substance to create a shadow... What else do we need to create a shadow? We need light for that shadow to be created. You know, there was a woman I heard, old story about a woman named Miss Hervey, and she was dying. And as she was dying, the preacher 
was at her bedside and he prayed, Lord, be with her through the dark shadow of death. Miss Hervey, laying there on her deathbed, and some of her last words said, there is not a bit of darkness at all. I see enough light to brighten the entire world. The light of heaven is just beyond the shadow of death for the child of God. You know, many believers, including myself guilty, have thought so positively about the second coming of the Lord Jesus. We know that He could come at any time. And we know that if He did, we would not face physical death. I've thought about that, and I got a little excited about that. And look, if that be the case, the Lord could come tomorrow. And those who are His, He is taking. He's rapturing them up and and we will not face physical death. But to think about it with such an overwhelming desire for that, we might just be getting a little anxious to, to cheat ourselves out of something. Because as we look at this and as we consider the sacrificial provision that Jesus has made, there would be a loss of a shadow experience that Jesus Christ has prepared for those who are His. When Jesus said in the last psalm, prophetically, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was creating a shadow tomb experience, if you will, for you and I. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. I could not understand that verse the first time I heard it as a child of God. And we can't understand it all now. And we can't understand it all yet. But the Lord knows all about it. And He says, precious in His sight is the death of his saints. There's not the suffering of death for God's saints. Jesus took that suffering upon himself. And we have the door flung open to a shadow experience. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Then he says, I will fear no evil. We not only have a sacrificial provision made, but there's a secure peace for the children of God. I will fear no evil. To fear no evil is one of the blessed privileges of the child of God. It's open to every true believer to fear no evil. It's such a blessedness that the life on this earth for the child of God, when it ends, the Bible refers to it so many times as sleep. The child of God enters into rest. It's the saints are sleeping. We have our bodily senses taken away in sleep and we wake up to fresh life like never before. We would be right to say deliverance is coming. It's inevitable that death is coming, you know. But when we 
see God's word, when we are moved by the faith of David, we can say deliverance is coming. We are going to be delivered from all care, from all pain, from all sorrow, from all misery, from, from death, and from sin. We are delivered from everything that the atmosphere of this falling world has, has given and, and put upon you and I as we walk through this life. It is no more once we go through this doorway, once we pass this threshold into the light of heaven, these things are no more. We can rejoice. Count your many blessings we sang tonight. We can count our blessings at the peace that is secure for us for eternity. And we can rejoice in, in what we can know about it. And as we talk and we try to squeeze what we know about it out and, and just share and have a celebration of the peace that we have when we leave this life, we don't know the half of it. We can't imagine the experience of it. The song says it well. I can only imagine. And though we don't know it all, it's better than we could ever imagine. And what a thrill it is just to think about it. What a thrill it is that the sting of death is gone. For the child of God, if we only knew... If we only knew, death isn't dreadful. Death is comfortable for the child of God. It isn't an enemy. Death is a friend when we leave this sinfulness and enter the fullness of the presence of our Savior. The Lord knows it. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death. Of, the, of his saints. We do not leave this earth and enter into pain and sorrow. We leave it behind. Joy and pleasure forevermore in heaven. That's what awaits the child of God. I don't just believe that my sins are forgiven. I believe I'm going to be with my Savior forever. He's going to prepare a place for us. Be of good cheer. No mixture of earthly things any longer. No mixture of the temporary any longer when we get to Him. When we trust in the Lord and believe His promises and death, fear of this can have no home in our lives at all. What peace there is for the child of God to experience after this life. I think of Acts chapter 12, and Peter had it. You know, Herod, he, uh, he killed James with a sword, and he took Peter captive, and he put Peter in prison and, and put him between two soldiers. And knowing he was going to come before the people, Peter could very well be thinking about death that was coming before him. And what did he do? He fell asleep. He fell asleep between those two soldiers, knowing death could be around the corner. Someone said it's hard to threaten a man with heaven. Peter rested before what he thought would be his death. Romans, I've used this so many times, Romans 8, 35 through 39, says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation 
or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been given victory over death. We have the upper hand in difficulty and danger. Yea, though I walk. Through the valley of the shadow of death. We have given a strictness to what's being spoken of here as our physical death as the child of God when we leave this world. But that's not strictly what the verse is talking about. It's talking about everything that we face in life. Look, it's not just talking about that day of death. It's talking about every day. There is great faith for you and I to be able to have no matter what comes our way. Jesus is with us in the day of death and he's with us all of our days. And we're encouraged to deal with our worst cases in the greatest of faith in our lives. That is exactly what God is trying to do in our lives through the most devastating things we could possibly go through to have great faith in Him. It's easy to consider it. It's easy to consider everything that we go through, God knew it was coming. God knew it was coming. And God is in control. And God has a perfect will for our lives. God takes what we call bad and he can do good with it. He brings solutions. He brings an answer out of our situation that we never saw coming. We never saw something so great being established, being made through the most devastating of circumstances. Look, if we are led to see death this way, we're definitely led to see our daily struggles in this way as well, that we would be of great faith. But as we get back to the strictness of what we've talked about tonight, it's very concerning to hear someone who would claim to be a professing Christian who is completely scared to die. I tell you, there's not just a promise that all of our sins are forgiven. There's a promise of what God has prepared for you and I concerning death. It is just a doorway. We are just passing through. We are not going to death. We are going through death. You can trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered in your place. He took that sting. When you think about the cross and you think about the death that he experienced, that was in our place and, and we're not going to experience it in Christ. We're not going to experience the sting that he did, but we're just going to pass through by his sacrificial provision into the presence 
of our Lord for eternity. We're delivered. He died and he suffered, but he rose again and he defeated it. And we're a delivered people. We are rescued, the Bible says. And I just pray that that's the encouragement and the strength that you and I have. As we count our many blessings, may we count our many blessings on the assurance of what God has prepared and done for us. If I didn't know, I don't think I would witness what I believe to anyone. But the Bible says we know. 1 John uses the word K-N-O-W 38 times. And it's knowing that we are saved. Knowing and we can know that death is just a shadow from all that Jesus has suffered for us. But before looking at death, would you just consider your life tonight? And if there's anyone here who has never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, that penalty has not been removed from you. You have not experienced that. That's what Jesus did for you. And if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved from the penalty of sin. And there is peace eternally for you and I after we leave this life. If that's you tonight, we're going to have a hymn invitation. And it's your time to do business with God and to obey Him as He would move upon your heart and as He would speak to your heart. May we all be encouraged. You know, I have been to many funerals in a very short amount of time. I'm not saying that's what started the idea for the message. But nevertheless, I have and many have. But for the child of God, it's so different. I've heard Christians say, oh, the funeral was so good. And it is for the child of God. It's a celebration of crossing that threshold. Amen. Let us go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, Lord, as we come before you tonight, Lord, we thank you for your promise. We thank you for the strength that we have, Lord, as we consider in our lost estate as we once were, all that hung over our head and the uncertainty of the afterlife. But dear God, you've taken all that away. And we thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. We thank you for taking our place upon that cross. Lord, as we consider what you suffered, it was for us to suffer. And Lord, you did it in our place and we're not going to. That's, what our, not, that's not what our death is. What you experienced for us changes our experience. And it's just likened unto a shadow. So we thank you tonight for eternal life. Lord, may we be encouraged and lifted, and may we count our many blessings on what you have prepared for us for eternity. You went and you prepared a place for us. We believe it tonight, and we praise your good and holy name. But dear God, if there's one who doesn't have anything to celebrate, if there's not that joy and that peace in their heart, Lord, we pray that you would save souls tonight. For we pray it in Jesus' name, amen.